welcome to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are queer to answer your questions. My name is Cheyenne. And I'm Gina. Class is now in session. And today we actually have our first guest on the podcast. We're super excited to have Drew Gregory here. Um, Drew, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience in case they don't know who you are? Yeah, I'm a writer for Autostraddle and a filmmaker um, and a queer trans woman those are those are the those are the intros that I'll give what kind of films have you made I haven't seen I've I've like read your work but I haven't seen any um I'm currently or... in post-production on a short film that's like about a relationship between two trans women and people mm-hmm. and it's the first short that I've made with like a proper budget and we like shot on film and I had a whole crew I graduated from film school like god 2016 so wow, it's, I feel like so I'm cool. getting getting back into it in a way that I'm excited <laughs> yeah I was gonna say what got you into that but obviously you went to film school is there like something that ignited your just like what caused you to go to film school like what kind yeah. of content do you want to make yeah I mean I don't really have memories where I didn't want to be a director like yeah. some trans people are like I knew I wanted to be or like I knew I was a girl when I was three and I was like I knew that I was a filmmaker when I was three <laughs> I, love, but, I love that <laughs> yeah like <laughs> gender so was a little bit more nebulous at the at the moment um mm-hmm. but yeah so I don't really know the exact origin I, I've always like loved mm-hmm. stories and I've always loved film and what kind of, it's so funny, it's the kind of question that you get asked so much in like, mm-hmm. I did like my first like screenwriting lab or whatever. And it was like, what kind of, you know, what kind of work do you do? What's it? I'm always like, I don't yeah. know, it's like gay. And stuff. But, um, <laughs> but that's realized, all we need. Great. That's <laughs> our brand. So you're um, in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> what I got it down to was like horror that's funny and rom-coms that are serious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's my, I don't know if that's anything mm-hmm. as far as like trying to come up with like a little brief thing for the industry, but right. that's what I'll say here. I would be a target audience for that. Absolutely. Cool. I would love to see how you could combine the two. Like obviously the serious and the, in the mm-hmm. funny are opposing, but I'd love to see like the intermingle. It kind of like, did you see bones and all it kind of like that vibe, but like, funny. Yeah. <laughs> like there was yeah. no, not really any humor in that, but like. Yeah. The movie itself may be serious, but for a really like for weeks afterwards, my girlfriend and I kept being like, there's before bones and all, and there's yeah. after bones and all. So, you know, you can, you can make, you can make jokes about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell my girlfriend, I'm going to like eat her bones and all, all the time <laughs> or yeah. like, yeah. So it's, it's a cannibalism movie. If you haven't heard of it, Gina, <laughs> or I haven't, but I, I, now I get it. That makes yeah. sense now. Yeah. 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 Amazing. How long have you been in a relationship? We just celebrated two years. Aww. Nice. Same with my yeah. girlfriend and I. Really? I just celebrated a year. So. Oh, look at all of us. Yeah. I asked about the girlfriend because I know you identify as queer. So like, what exactly does that mean? And how did you end up where you yeah. are now? Yeah, for a while I was identifying as a lesbian. Well, okay, so for a while I was identifying as like a straight boy. Um, So I like always connected to queerness and always was very, I mean, I I went to NYU on a social activist scholarship for uh, queer activism when Mm -hmm. I was, I mean, I thought I was straight. I thought I was cis. Which sounds like I'm just saying that's like do like a weird like humble brag about like a call whatever. But I'm really just I'm emphasizing that 
NYU, I don't give them credit for a lot, but they knew me before I knew me clearly. <laughs> um, and so like, I've always was like, wanted to be around queer people. And I don't know, I grew up in like a, not conservative suburb, but like conservative in, not like in, a pol in the political meaning of the word, but just like in a very sort of, I don't know, like a- Like, like literally a, straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, way of life. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. like, and I'm 29, so even just, I mean, not that things are like great right now, but it just like, <laughs> as a kid in to, like in high school, 2008, 2012, like it, it was, there were like, there were a few out gay kids. I didn't mm -hmm. really know what the word trans was. Mm -hmm. um, so I like, thought long and hard about like whether I was gay because I was like everyone thinks I'm gay I like mm. identify with queerness in these ways and I, I don't want to be around boys and I was like but I'm obsessed with like like I was like I'm not just I'm not just straight I'm like the straightest person who's ever existed <laughs> like I'm obsessed with girls because now I know yeah. there's like envy mixed in there yeah um, wow until, wait I want to tap into yeah. that how you said there was envy mixed in so you were like obsessed because you feel like it was attraction and that sense of envy yeah for sure so then it was it was this thing where I like I had I look back on like my all-consuming crushes of my adolescence and can obviously classic gay experience some I wanted to be and be with but like mm -hmm. there's a lot that it's very clearly like oh I had a, I wanted to like be with that person but mm -hmm. I wanted to be that person and like they were very yeah. different kinds of crushes and yeah, so, I feel that. yeah. And then like, there were, there were a few where I'm like, there was a little bit of crossover there, but also in, mm. when I was in high school, like my, not my first partner, because we certainly were not in a real relationship, even though I thought I was for a brief period of time, but like my first kiss mm. and my first like love situationship like, yeah, is non-binary <laughs> and queer. And at the time was like out as bisexual, which like no one was around me. And so, mm -hmm. and then a lot of other people who I had like, I wasn't dating a lot in high school, but who I had like crushes on or who had crushes on me are now like out as queer. A lot yeah. of them are out as lesbians. I mean, I had a, mm -hmm. I had someone when I was a senior in high school, towards the end, some people started to come out. And so like, they were one of the really, the people who were out in my high school are now trans. So like no one was out. What does it mean to be like out fully? But like no one right. was, mm -hmm. at, no one who like isn't trans was out sexually if that makes sense yeah um, it yeah. does I was in high school at the same time as you were and there was conversations about gayness but I don't think that trans was in the conversation yet so I, that yeah tracks. and so the people who were out as like lesbians were the ones who had so much stuff going on gender wise that like they had to be out mm. um, just by the nature of like what people were reading on them and I had this friend who was at the time like identified as a lesbian and was like I can't keep hanging out with you because I just like did all of this stuff to come out and I have a crush on you and it's confusing me and mm. so I like wow. wow like I need some space and so now like I have since <laughs> reconnected with them and they're yeah. trans and it's like we laugh about it but I was always <laughs> different but it wasn't until I was 23 that I came out and mm -hmm. it all happened really quickly because it was just like I learned about transness. I was watching, you know, I watched Transparent and Orange New Black, and I was like, there are people who are trans, but I didn't understand that you can be trans if you didn't know you were trans already. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. how I thought people knew, but I just 
the narrative yeah. is always like you know I don't I you've like always after. known yeah yeah that's how I feel about being a lesbian yeah, yeah. Right. so Same. I totally get that like so yeah. much of societal norms like say you know be this way or you like this thing you know so that yeah totally like makes sense. not to hate on Lady Gaga but it's like born this way <laughs> as like a thing of like maybe we're born this way and there's something in there but mm -hmm. you don't you're not born with the language you're certainly right. not born like in a culture that like allows you to explore things mm -hmm. um right so yeah so then I realized that you can be well first I learned like I was like oh if you're non-binary then you can realize later so I like it must be <laughs> I must be non-binary because that's a different thing than trans and so that is yeah. why I can come out late. And so that's the mental gymnastics I had to do where I was like, I'm non-binary. And then I like told my therapist who wasn't like a gender specialist or anything. And, sure. and like, she asked her, was like, I'll reach out to some colleagues and like gave me like a gender workbook. And I started going through the gender workbook and I was like, oh, I'm identifying more with like being wow. a trans woman. And then I assumed because I'd always been with women, I was like, actually, one of the things I was really scared about when I re read other people stuff online was like, oh my God, what if I like start taking hormones and then I'm like attracted to men, like that'd be a disaster. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to like, yeah. I've, I've always wanted to be lesbian and now I'm going to like start taking hormones and be attracted to men. That hasn't <laughs> quite happened. I still identify with the word lesbian. I just, I don't know. I just like, I've had experiences with people with lots of different genders and queer just feels like the easiest way. I mean, I do yeah. really believe that like you can be a lesbian and date people who are not women. It has been mm -hmm. the case since the big, like since we had the word right. lesbian, it has not meant this like really binary structured mm -hmm. thing of like, you're, you have to be like a woman who's with women. Like that's not, that's mm -hmm. not like what the word lesbian means, but because of cultural whatever I do sometimes just like think it's easier to use queer but I use them kind yeah. of interchangeably yeah and it is like with straight women they can be in one uh, homo relationship and then they can just still be seen as straight for the rest of their lives and then when you're gay if you're if you're a lesbian and you're in one relationship with a man it's like well you're not actually a lesbian so like there's right. just such a stigma around all of that kind of bullshit and it's exactly that. it's just bullshit yeah, yeah. Yeah, you talking about all the mental gymnastics and figuring things out reminded me that I was recently hanging out with my girlfriend and my best friend and we were talking about gender and like gender roles and gender stereotypes and I was talking about how I identify as non-binary but I feel more like woman aligned and my girlfriend was like why well why don't you feel aligned with like being a man and it just kind of like broke my brain a little bit because I was like she's right why don't I like I like really I was like I need to do some more digging like why if I like have these like kind of deconstructed notions of gender and like things don't have to be like prescriptive or whatever why is that like an aversion for me not necessarily that like mm -hmm. I do identify that way or I'm willing to use all pronouns or anything but that was like something recently that I was like maybe I need to dig a little bit more into that so when you're talking about that gender workbook I was like I need that I need <laughs> to find that <laughs> yeah yeah it's not I don't know I mean I think this is something that I've had several people in my life like come out as trans mm -hmm. since I came out and something that I feel like I'm always trying to underline for people is like the goal. It, I mean, at least my goal is like things get real a lot more expansive and like you don't mm -hmm. need to figure out which 
new box you go into. Like the goal is no boxes and not that labels yeah. can't be helpful and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was something that pretty early on I realized for myself was like, I need to get to a place internally where I'm not, I don't know, like there are certain ways of going through the world that are obviously more challenging for external factors. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to not let those impact me because if I'm going to go through the challenges of like being trans in the world, like there's no reason to, not that there's no reason to do it, but it kind of felt like there was no reason to do it if I was then going to try to fit inside some other new box. Mm -hmm. yep. um, right. But it can be 100%. really hard. Like it is <laughs> yeah. hard. And I mean, for a long time, I think really attached to the idea, like the word lesbian, because it was like, me being like, well, you know, I'm not supposed to identify that way. And so I'm gonna like, that's, I have to hold on to that to like stick it to someone or whatever. Like I, I we're all human and we do these things where we're like basing ourselves off of the world at large. But I think mm -hmm. letting go of that was important for me or I'm, I'm still doing it, I guess. But like yeah, that process of trying to let go of it and trying to be like, yes, you know, if a label has connotations in our society, then I take those connotations with me and that can factor into the choice to use a label or whatever, but like mm -hmm. also trying to be like, well, what feels good inside and what like really just yeah. like feels right. And also that it can change every day. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I really relate to that because I used to identify as like bisexual, but I was like in my head knew that the only man I liked was like my boyfriend at the time but it was just because I was comfortable and so mm -hmm. like other people would call me bisexual and I'd be like not it, it didn't feel right for me because I knew it wasn't the truth but I was like trying to cling to this relationship so like me saying I was a lesbian didn't make sense to the world around me but it felt right like internally so that totally yeah. makes a lot of sense to me yeah also like if someone wanted to identify as a lesbian and have a cis boyfriend like I truly couldn't care a lot. Like I'm like I, whatever that whatever these like like whatever words mean to you. It might be like confusing for some people, but like I don't like. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do think it's worth examining the same way you were talking about when it comes to like men. Like it's worth examining when it's coming from a place of like internalized biphobia, depending on what community you're with mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, like I think these things are worth examining for ourselves as individuals. But as far as like for other people, I'm I'm truly like whatever words feel good and those if I didn't need to be told more contextualizing information about you to understand what those words mean to you then great we can do that like <laughs> we can have that conversation it would probably be a little bit more challenging for mm -hmm. you moving through the world but like <laughs> who cares like there are worse things yeah. than having like a complicated identity yeah it really is less like affecting to the rest of the community than like yeah. people online make it out to be like mm -hmm. it I feel like it's not as common as it's it seems to be in discourse and like even if it were more common or whatever, like it's, it doesn't matter. It's not like invalidating yeah. me. It's just there. So yeah, I don't know. I hate the discourse yeah. about that though. Cause I don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you think your experience in the sapphic space has differed from cis lesbians? Like, do you feel like there is a yeah. uniqueness to your experience? I think it's definitely different. I think it also depends on which sapphic spaces like I would I would pluralize that in the sense mm -hmm. that like when I first moved to LA like end of 2018 beginning of 2019 I broke up with the girlfriend who I had when I transitioned so I was like mm -hmm. single for the first time as a 
trans person, as a queer person, as a woman, like all these things. And yeah. so it's just like, I was on dating apps for the first time. It was like a real 2019 was got stopped at auto throttle <laughs> and just got to mm-hmm. document all of that for posterity, wow. just on the internet, personal essays. With I all love that. Um, <laughs> first months in LA before I kind of like found auto straddle and, and that, and like people who are my friends now, it was definitely challenging, um, even in LA and even in spaces where people were supposedly, the thing is, is that there's a difference between accepting and like, I don't know, just like feeling, you can just feel it. I mean, it's the same thing we, we feel like when we're around straight people and like, you can just feel people, you can feel when you're around straight people who are around a lot of queer people and where mm-hmm. it, it's not anything that you're queer I mean you know it's not it's not like a big deal to them and 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 you can feel it when someone like really means well but they're just like always on edge and you're like oh my god calm down I'm just gay like not a big deal (laughs) um and so I definitely think yes it's hard that based on who you are sometimes there are bigger sections of the population who like are just gonna write you off Mm -hmm. even if they express interest in you or even want to hook up with you, but like maybe don't want you around in other spaces or wouldn't want to be in a relationship with you, but do want to have sex with you or whatever. And mm-hmm. I just had to sort of get to a point of realizing that like most of those people aren't going to be very good at having sex with me anyways and aren't going to be very <laughs> fun to be around anyways. And like whatever validation I was seeking, I don't know. Like I, I just, I think I had to let go of it. Um and also to adjust sort of what, like what it meant to be accepted into the communities that I wanted to be accepted into and, and, um, and changing which ones those were and to be like, I don't know. I just feel like my, the spaces that I eventually landed in were very queer and very trans and very like the idea of delineating between people in the social group who are like lesbians and who are bisexuals, like feels so antiquated and like, Mm-hmm. the idea of people exploring different things with gender and it just like felt feels like sort of ever shifting in a way that um allows me to then be whatever but 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 yeah. also like there is a difference between you know the experiences I've had with other trans women and like that's also like a type of uh, a lesbianism and like mm-hmm. I don't know just like sort of everything has its own nuances and specificities mm-hmm. um I don't think that like overwhelmingly sapphic spaces so to speak are like transphobic I like I I wouldn't say that and I think a lot of trans women that I've met have been like scared of them like Mm -hmm. scared of those spaces Mm -hmm. and I don't think Mm -hmm. that's necessary which isn't to say that like things won't come up and that there aren't spaces where people are shitty or even where they're like casually shitty by accident but I just think I've certainly had some bad experiences but overwhelmingly that's not been the case yeah. 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 I just saw a tweet about, I don't know how, how great the source was. I didn't really like look into it, but they, it was talking about how lesbians are like the most accepting like group towards trans people. So I was like, that checks yeah. out oh, wow. because yeah, the marginalization and, you know, and I think like yeah. the ones that aren't accepting are loud as fuck <laughs> JK Rowling, but like yeah. they're loud, <laughs> but I don't think they're like, it's just like a loud subset but I don't think a majority of us are that way but I think more people have to be loud at the transphobes and kick those people out of those queer spaces or you know educate them yeah and there's also gotta get 
there's also the experience of like I certainly have friends who I'm aware that I'm like their only trans woman friend or their closest trans woman friend or there were definitely lots of times where I hooked up with people and was like very aware that I was the first like trans woman they were hooking up with mm-hmm. and uh. it you know it, it's one of those things where it's like it's not again there are specific things that come along with that sometimes not good and also at the it same can be time, tokenizing yeah and at the same time though like I just feel like I could feel the difference I could feel the difference between someone who just like by chance in their life like doesn't have trans women in their life and will me being the Mm -hmm. first one and which ones like were tokenizing me and wanted me there for like queer community cred or something and and (laughs) I just could feel the difference and and same with like I mean actually one of the the movie I made before the one that I'm in post on which I made for like no money and like shot on an iPhone and zoom Mm -hmm. was like kind of all about exploring this experience that I kept having where I would like match with someone on tinder or whatever and then find out that like she'd never been with a woman before and sort of this feeling of like oh like I'm not like a stepping stone like in fact you probably like I'm I'm like Mm. advanced lesbianism not like or not like early (laughs) you know like you need to have you actually need to have more but also in the movie like trying to sort of unpack this thing where I'm like okay but I'm also putting a lot onto this person who you know who's just maybe attracted to me or like Mm -hmm. maybe there are things that are I just think people are really complicated and I like try to like sort of lead with a level of I think it's important to protect yourself and I Mm -hmm. think that's something I had to learn for sure of being like I did put myself in situations where I was not like feeling good and that's not good but I don't think it's as I think we want shortcuts for those sorts of things of being like Mm -hmm. okay so don't hang out in lesbian spaces when there aren't at least like three trans women there and you're like (laughs) like you can do these games and that sort of things but I don't think it's actually as effective and I think I learned that there were people who seemed so like, oh my God, like my whole community's trans, whatever. And like, it felt, I had like very fetishy, mm-hmm. bad sex with those people. And then yeah. there are people who are like very new to the queer community, but like really eager to learn. And I don't know, I just, mm-hmm. and and I just connected more with those people as people. And the same way that I wouldn't want to be reduced to my transness, like I wouldn't want to reduce someone else to their lack of experience and like it's not the same thing but I do think there are ways in which like there's similarities yeah yeah definitely there's nuance to like everything but I feel like a lot of people are very like reactionary and don't think about other perspectives and it's it's frustrating for me because I'm I try to think of like all of the perspectives which can be overwhelming personally <laughs> but same, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, can I ask a question about auto straddle? Or yeah. So are you still doing the To Allen Back podcast? Because I know you were doing the Gen Q and they canceled that. So I don't know. Right. So I don't know what the next, we've talked about like pivoting to doing maybe like monthly queer movie club podcast or because mm-hmm. we also, um, the other podcast that I host for Autostraddle, uh, Wait a Sissadate, like we also are on hiatus. And so right mm-hmm. now we went from having like two podcasts and I went from having two podcasts <laughs> to like having none. So I don't know what the future is. I do think mm-hmm. what we've run into like Autostraddle is, you know, for anyone listening who doesn't know, like Autostraddle is an independent queer publication. We're now the largest independent queer publication. And because we're independent have existed like beyond 
all of the all the tech companies that love to buy up publications and pivot mm -hmm. to video and fire everyone and then it doesn't exist <laughs> anymore. Um, I don't know what that's doing for them. It must be a tax thing. I don't understand because I don't know what any money things are. But like because we're independent, we we're still around. But it also means that kind of perpetually short staffed and underfunded and resourced and stuff. And so the podcasts have definitely been a lot of work for like just like a lot of additional everyone kind yeah. of doing three jobs at once. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you both know. And so like I think for wait, is this a date? we would if we were to do it again we would want to like partner with a some sort of like podcasting network mm -hmm. of sorts with the ellen back i think that has a much better chance of just like coming back as far as like a low-key way we've been doing it um mm -hmm. and we're just trying to figure out like do we pick a new show to do it also you know i think reese annalisa and i would all want to do it so it's also like yeah. picking something that like suits all three of our interests and our experiences mm. and we feel like equipped to talk about and so I don't know I really my hope is that it becomes a podcast where we talk about like queer movie like a new queer movie mm -hmm. that comes out because I think so there's so much stuff that's made like independent stuff that comes out throughout the year that gets kind of lost because it doesn't have as big of a budget or it's not released in certain places and like is really really good and made by queer people and I like I would love to highlight that stuff the problem is a podcast is better when it, it like Gen Q is so easy to, it's both like good in some ways where you want to talk about it and care about it, but it's also bad in ways that are easy Horrible. to of. Horrible yeah. writing. Horrible. Couldn't, so couldn't like, look away, but it was awful writing. Right. So that's like good podcast <laughs> fodder in a way that like, you know, if we picked sort of, we're not going to like, it's not funny. You're just like, this show's yeah. really good. Have you watched it? Can you watch it? It's really good. You should watch it. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. So, I was going to say Yellow Jackets, but I feel like it's pretty well written. So it kind of loses that spark. <laughs> Yellow Jackets does have, Yellow Jackets isn't a bad idea, though. I don't know if Kayla would let Auto Struggle have a Yellow Jackets podcast mm -hmm. without being on it. Rightfully yeah. so, because <laughs> her recaps so are good. amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. I was really curious where you were going to go with that, because I know that's like a big Thing that auto shadow has brought out over the years yeah. and i knew you were a part of it so i was curious what do you think the well i promise we'll pivot back to talking about you but what do you think the uh reboots reboot is gonna be <laughs> like this is so like strange to I'll, me. I'll believe it when it's it feels a little bit like they are just like it's in development so it's like oh it could mm. mean anything and so i think i'll kind of believe it when there's a little bit more when it's like they're casting or something so I don't know if it's ever going to happen mm -hmm. if it happens I hope Eileen Shaken does a better job picking a protege this time because <laughs> I'd say no offense to Marjorie Lewis Ryan but I maybe I mean full offense I have to be careful because I want to work in the industry but I also write <laughs> reviews and also a shit talker and so I do sort of like I, I do sort of aspire to like maybe be like you know sometimes you'll read interviews with artists from i don't know the 70s and they're just like fully like trashing their peers and you're like whoa sure. like you're not being <laughs> like you're not like doing the the thing we're supposed yeah, to do the pr I, thing yeah i'm a little bit like like queer creators i'm not getting messy but there's like a few people where i'm like <laughs> i don't know i feel 
personally wronged by you in a way that I know is not yeah. helpful to think, but mm, feel a little mm. away. And she's one of them. I mean, she's no Sam Levinson, who I hate fully <laughs> yeah. and would would say to his face at a party, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she still has made some questionable choices. I do think part of it is that obviously if I was offered to do the L word reboot, I would do it. So I mm-hmm. get, obviously she took the job, but like she never worked in TV before. Like I have more TV experience mm-hmm. than she had. She'd made one indie film and it's like, and like done like theater stuff. And you're just like, I, I love indie films and I love mm-hmm. theater stuff, but there's nothing about Four Face Liar that would have told me that this person could like <laughs> handle this huge ensemble show. And I just think like, I don't know. Yeah, it felt like a little like Riverdale, but everyone's old enough to drink and it's at a pride parade <laughs> like that was <laughs> some of the writing sometimes I, I love the show but it was also like a love to love to mm-hmm. hate <laughs> mm-hmm. hard to watch sometimes yes very challenging <laughs> yeah okay so um since we're talking about the L word and film and television, and everything, do you have a queer obsession? And what would you say it is if you do have one? I would say in general, my queer obsession mm-hmm. is like I, I love like old queer movies. Like I love classic mm-hmm. like queer movies from like the fifties and like stuff. Do that you have any you recommend? Oh my god, so many. Um, there's a movie from the thirties called Sylvia Scarlet with Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant, and it is just like it's not the thing about a lot of like some of the older queer movies they're made by queer people they're obviously Mm -hmm. queer they're not maybe explicitly queer in certain ways they couldn't be at the time I'm sure in some ways yeah and so that is a really great movie but then like there have been decades of explicitly queer movies like Je Tue Il L by Chantal Ackerman has like a eight minute lesbian sex scene in it and is (laughs) great and just wow. like about it's like it and that's from 70 um, 72 maybe and yeah so I could like there's so many um yeah. those were good those were good suggestions right. a, a couple are fine I yeah. made a note of them so I could look them up on my own because right. I am interested I I love the auto shuttle queer movie idea by the way but I know it is easier to like focus on one thing but I do yeah. like that because I like being recommended things so yeah I mean that's my my whole thing is like I want to call attention to like queer movies made before the year 2000 and I want to call attention to movies that are being made like this year Mm -hmm. and our artists right now who need like there's just so much stuff out there that isn't like I get the desire to have a level of mainstream just for even budgets and the kind of movies that come whatever like I, I get it like I get wanting to have like queer superheroes and stuff but there is so much stuff that gets made every year that's really worth mm-hmm. seeing, even if it's not quite that. And in all genres too, like yeah, you maybe wouldn't get something with as much polish as, but also like the way the Marvel movies are made now, they're not even that <laughs> polished. So it's like, yeah. what are you really missing out on? <laughs> yeah. True. I was just at this like witchy store yesterday and I wanted to like show my girlfriend this Ammonite fossil and be like look but she's never seen that and that's like a bigger movie like it's not but but like it's still not watched so like I'm imagining so many things that I haven't even seen but I was like I I can't make this gay reference (laughs) something that I've been recommending nonstop since it came out um actually since it was like at festivals is this movie called Sahara and it's about Mm -hmm. 
these like two girls at a Jewish funeral and is so good. It's just like so, so well made and um I I love it. Yeah. I'm adding that to the list. My like huge project that I've been working on really since mm-hmm. I got staffed at Autostraddle and we've done several updates of it is like our big lesbian movie list, which now is split mm-hmm. into like a top 50 and what we call like the Autostraddle Encyclopedia of Lesbian Cinema. And that will just keep expanding. So yeah. if you need- I definitely reference that for my memes. So Great. go in there Great. and I'm look so for glad. things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go in and I'm like, what? exists because it just like gets lost in my brain but I love that you have that there because I would not know if it weren't I have my like Capricorn like (laughs) side I mean I just like have to I love organizing things and like Mm -hmm. list making and yeah what are yeah what is your big three we should ask on the beginning um I'm a Capricorn sun a Taurus moon a Leo rising and then a Sag Mercury and Venus okay okay I like that I feel like you're fancy I'm all (laughs) I'm all earth and fire I have no water in my chart the only air I have is Aquarius Saturn um Mm -hmm. and I just I just finished my Saturn return yeah your big three is giving me star. Like I just, oh. I feel star power there. So. <laughs> <Thank you so laughs> much. Yeah. I really want to know if you have any other advice for people who would look at you and like see some of themselves in you. And if you could like give younger people on their queer journey or even your younger self, like it's just an overarching advice. What would that mm-hmm. be? I know it's like a tough question, but <laughs> I just feel like as queer people, we could like never give younger people enough advice just because yeah. it's like lacking space. Just something I've been thinking about a lot because of like the current political moment is that like, I don't have, an, as I like talked about, like, I don't know what it's like to have the language and not be able to act on it. Like I, once I had the language for myself, like I was on hormones within six months. And so I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what the experience would be like to like, be 16 and like know what you need and not be able to get it and it's like it is so frustrating that that's an experience people are having but like I started on hormones when I was 23 and it felt so late which is funny because I obviously know so many people who like transitioned way way later but I've, I've just in the like almost six years that it's been like I've been able to find such incredible community and build a life that feels so comfortable and not comfortable. Like it just feels so, I always say that like, I didn't transition to be happy. Like I transitioned to experience sadness as myself and which is so like, oh my God, like it's right so poignant. I'm a right, cancer. Like I love it. Right. Like an emo, like pop punk <laughs> song, like, but, yeah. but I, but like I, but I do, but I do feel that way. And so like, I just like, oh my God. I would not be able to transition for another two years. It feels like I'll have lost mm-hmm. everything. Like you, you really haven't. Like it sucks and that you shouldn't have to go through that. But like, there's so much life to live. Um, and people who you don't know now can like be your best friend in six months and like communities that you feel. I mean, something that I, like I, before I started writing for Autostraddle, like Autostraddle were just like the coolest people in the world. And the fact that I'm now- I think that, I think that. Like I've been at Autostraddle longer than like most (laughs) staff. And it's so wild to be so just like comfortable in this space Mm -hmm. that was like on such a pedestal for so long. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I think 
I think um, that's something that I'm always trying to sort of like underline for people is that I, I get it. Like I, I'm not the most patient person either, but like mm-hmm. we truly don't know what life has in store and yeah. we can, and we can like actively be involved in that. And like, there are times where we're stuck because of certain things politically or our personal mm-hmm. situation where if we have to live in a certain place or financially or whatever. And like, I just, I really do believe that like, and that's not even, I'm not even saying that as like a suicide prevention thing mm-hmm. because I think our goals should be, yes, our goals should be survival, but our goals should be even lofted in that. So I'm even just saying like, mm-hmm. if you feel hopeless and sad, like I don't, I want like hope, like you will because we all do sometimes, but like also keep in mind that like, I don't know, like the fucking PSAs that we were shown as like in high school, that it gets better. Like they were kind of onto something in a way that's like mm-hmm. a little annoying because they were so annoying, but like in a really deep, complicated way, it's true. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is just to like, online community is so, has been important to me since I was like in middle school, but also mm-hmm. like IR, IRL community is really important as well. And to just, remember that whatever type of queer you are there will be lots of other people who also are that type of queer for you to meet and there will also be a lot of people who are different types but it's great to meet too and like Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's something the the goal should not be to like go from being the weird one to being normal the goal should be like (laughs) finding other weird ones and being weird together I completely agree with that I love the notion of being somebody that you're a younger version of yourself would just think is like the coolest ever. Mm, yeah. I love like younger me would think I'm so dope and I like love <laughs> I that so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that too. Um, so I guess before we finish up, we had a question. So we wanted to try and take a little minute and answer that now. So that question we got was, one of my friends has decided to use she, they pronouns. And I have been thinking about asking the same for me for a while, but don't want it to seem like I'm copying them. Any advice? It's so funny that like, it because I feel like this is something that comes up all the time of people being mm-hmm. like, I don't want to go to, and it's like, we gravitate towards people who we see things in that we want to emulate or that we just relate to or that we admire. And so the same way that like people I was friends with in high school are now trans or they were always trans or whatever, but we are all trans Mm -hmm. now. And like, we all didn't know that at the time. And if you're worried about someone, I mean, you can also talk to the person as in like, how has this been for you? What's your experience been? Cause then you're like going for advice and you're, you're being like, I mean, it's so funny how quickly queer people as like queer people we become like elders but you're like I transitioned six months ago I don't know anything um but but like if you're really concerned about it but I do think that most people should ideally not feel like they're being copied because Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is that like the goals of the dominant culture and of people who don't want us to exist is to make us feel like we're totally unique and these identities are so rare Mm -hmm. and it's one of the reasons like why I love watching old queer movies is that it's like no we're not like that there's nothing I mean when I first came out and was figuring things out I was just like there's no examples of like all all trans women are straight and like the idea of not knowing until I was whatever age and now that I've been out and around other queer people and other trans people I'm like Mm -hmm. none of those things (laughs) that I initially thought were super weird 
are at all weird. They're not mm -hmm. like at all rare, like <laughs> not to be like, we're not that special, but like, we're not that <laughs> special. Like there's, there have been people maybe haven't used, it's funny because I was going to say like, maybe the language was different. And so it's not like there have been people who have used Shibe pronouns for forever, but mm -hmm. like, but also like there kind of have been like at least since the night, like people were using they, them pronouns for, <laughs> have been using them for decades. And like yeah. the idea mm -hmm. that these things are new, I think is a narrative from people who hate us. So like, yep. if this person wants to use Shibe pronouns and also has this friend that wants to use Shibe pronouns or already used the Shibe pronouns, like join a very big club. Like it is not, <laughs> like it is not, you're not the only two people. And if that yeah. person perceives it to be copying, like maybe they do because people have all sorts of insecurities mm -hmm. and all sorts of whatever. And I don't know the dynamic between <laughs> these two people. And maybe it's like, oh my God, this is just like last week when I dyed my hair and now you're dying there. But What's like, that mean girl's quote where it's like, she told me I couldn't wear gold earrings because they were her thing. Yeah, it's like- <laughs> Yeah, I was just immediately like, is this middle school? Like your <laughs> advice was so much more eloquent because like for me, it's like, I mean, a lot of my friends did come out like after me um whether that be gender or sexuality but like I'm like welcome to the club like I'm excited mm -hmm. and I feel like if I had someone going through that experience with me at the same time that would make me more comfortable with introducing myself with my pronouns and uh, like talking yeah. to each other like that would be exciting for me so I hope it's exciting for that person but who knows if they're stuck in like a middle school <laughs> mentality yeah like it's a that. it's a good thing like truly reframe it as a good thing like mm -hmm. it, it, tell this person as it's like as an exciting thing and also like if the person had any influence on you like that's amazing I, mm -hmm. I truly would love I mean obviously I want everyone to be themselves so I don't I don't need anyone <laughs> to like change anyone but like yeah. If people, if anyone comes out to me as trans or as a new type of queer or a new type of trans, my reaction is always excitement. One, because mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. not because there's a hierarchy of what I want people to be per se, but like, it is just, it's exciting to be questioning these things and exploring these one things. Of and, us, one yeah, of us. It's like, <laughs> and that yeah. is from Freaks, which is a movie from 1932 that does have a real non-binary person in it. I love nice. that and it like gets repeated and, yeah and so that's <laughs> so it's a questionable movie with yeah some, it's like but you know I I there's a lot of good stuff in it and it has this like person who was a circus performer and went around being mm -hmm. like half man half woman and you're just like oh right it's just a non-binary person yeah. Like, yeah wow amazing I love that so uh, I guess wrapping it up here, where can people find you if they want to find more of your work, Drew? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, if it still exists, uh, Instagram <laughs> and TikTok as uh, draw underscore Gregory. So mm -hmm. my first name in the present tense, underscore Gregory. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Autostraddle, um, movie stuff be linked to my socials when it when available I mean I'm planning right now for the short that I'm working on like doing festivals in 2024 mm -hmm. so it's like a real long journey um mm -hmm. but the short that I was talking about if you just google my name and like it's called the first time you can watch it and if you want to explore your or or examine or ponder your <laughs> like whether you're a trans woman who's like why am I always being treated as a stepping stone or if you're a bisexual cis woman who's like I, I don't know how to start out. Um, it's a rom-com. It's not actually that cerebral. It's just, it's a rom-com. So you can enjoy. 
I'm excited to see yeah. all of your work. I'm so okay. excited. we'll promote yeah. it for sure, for sure. Yeah, thank you. And to rattle off all of our plugs, of course, you can follow us anywhere on social media at Sapphic Survival Guide, except for Twitter, which is just at Sapphic Survival. You can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Sapphic Survival Guide. You can DM us, send us questions and send us an email as well. Sapphic Survival Guide at gmail.com. Our phone number is 724-209-8877. And you can leave us a voicemail there as well. And we will play your question on the podcast unless you specifically specifically say not to. And you can follow me anywhere online at The Librigina, including my website, thelibrigina.com. And then you can listen to my other podcast, um, Hello, for all of your Jersey Shore recaps. You can find me, Cheyenne, online at Hot Maspian, pretty much everywhere. And with that, class is now dismissed. Bye.